0: Welcome to the Old Moms Podcast. We're childhood friends on opposite ends of motherhood, inspiring moms of all ages and stages to laugh at life's unexpected, ridiculous, and endearing moments.
1: Hey, Sarah, how are things going out there? Great. We're doing well. How are things at
0: your house? Really good. But I will say we've entered a stage with the two-year-old here where he doesn't want to take naps anymore. So Mm. (laughs) you may hear in my voice (laughs) slight exhaustion. (laughs) Oh, but he's so sweet. And I I thought today would be fun to do like a, I don't want to call the terrible twos because they are stressful, but they're also terrific and amazing. And he's learning so many new things and he cracks us up and it's really fun and thought we could share what's currently happening here. And maybe you could reach back into your mom memory of what the boys were doing around this
1: age. Oh, absolutely. I agree that the two year old year is terrific and terrible in different ways. And so I like to refer to him as the tenacious twos. Ooh, better. Yeah. Because it applies to all the positive, good advances, growth in leaps and bounds and their cognition and physically and other ways too. And it refers to their will that rears its ugly head.
0: Yeah. i really like that. I'm going to start using that because he is cracking us up Right now, the main thing that's killing us is that he is confusing you and I. Oh. So he'll say, you want a cookie? And oh. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll take a cookie. And he's like, you you want it? Yes. And I'm like, oh, wait, you, oh, you mean you. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't realize how really confusing that is to try to teach that. Oh, you know, yeah. Touching his chest saying, I want a cookie. And then I have his hand touch me and say, you want a cookie. But then he hears me saying, you. You know, it's just, that's tricky developmental piece and so we keep having these funny confusing moments where he'll say you want this or you do this and I don't know that he means he wants to do it so I'm doing it and then he starts melting down oh
1: gosh that is so cute well one thing that I recommend is that you and Patrick sit together with him and play a game around that concept so whatever toys or whatever are there you guys start saying I want the blue block and then you show him by grabbing the blue block and giving it right to daddy, you know? And then you say, I want the green book. And then Patrick grabs that green book and gives it right to you. So he learns what the person saying I means and then prompt him, like you could whisper. So it's not, he's not saying it out loud and it shows that it's this difference and just prompt him, say, I want the truck. Say, I want the truck and see what daddy does. And then he says that. And then Patrick right away gives him the truck. That's
0: awesome. That's a really good idea. I didn't think of being that explicit about it because so many things he just seems to pick up Naturally, you know, from here oh, yeah. talking, and we're both being very careful about speaking. <laughs> correctly. I don't want to say we don't speak correctly, but sometimes you don't. You know, you're just quick and you cut words in half and you say things like, you know, or gonna. Little, little things like that, but the funniest one recently was he was making different noises and he made this fart noise and he was like, mommy do? And I looked over <laughs> and I was like, are you asking me to make that noise? Or are you calling me out for having made that noise? Because the rule in this house is, whoever smelt it, dealt it. So...
1: Okay. <laughs> oh, it's so cute the way they pick up on language and fascinating. I actually heard this interview with Chip Gaines from Fixer Upper, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and he was yeah. referencing something that one of their nieces used to say. And she was kind of trying to work out yesterday, today, and tomorrow, which is mm. another, just like the you and I, you know, it's just like a, it's complicated and it's something that takes a few rounds to get it down. And so she used to say yesterday. And tomorrow, and then to now. Oh, (laughs) it was just so cute. I mean, I just love that. And I think things like that are so cute. I mean, sometimes it's completely unrelated to what the actual thing sounds like, and they're made up words, and those are cute too. But one of my guys used to refer to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches as jelly butter sandwich. Which is so cute. Oh, so cute. And then his same guy used to say he wanted to do things right by myself, right by myself. Yeah. That's and then so cute. Um, his brother used to ask us to strap me down, which meant get me down out of my car seat, unstrap me. But he was oh. saying the exact opposite <laughs> strap me down. <laughs> How cute are they? <laughs> like, deal with these straps and get me Dad. It was so cute. But when we also had some really fun, well, I guess cam cakes for pancakes was kind of pretty close approximation. But then one of our guys made up just completely made up words, which is so funny, and then used them consistently to always mean the same thing. We had this pumpkin butter spread that we would put on English muffins or toast, and he called that Kermix. Unrelated. Wow. He called uh-huh. vitamins gaimali. He would just say Gaimely. He was ready for his Gaimely. And then he, this is another approximation, but he would always say valimma for vanilla, his favorite flavor, ice cream flavor. And so he would say valema which was so cute because his brother at the time couldn't pronounce his L's, but he was always incensed that the other guy was pronouncing vanilla wrong. So he would be saying it's vanilla. That's very Spanish. Good for him. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very for sure. Oh my gosh. But I just love that language development and how quickly they're picking up on everything. And I think you're right to kind of pay attention to how you say things and slow some things down, but it's nothing that couldn't be cleared up later. Oh, sure. Yeah.
0: You know, I'm just noticing what he says back to us. And so we started saying, how you doing, which is kind of a riff off of Joey from Friends. But that's kind of our joke. Like whenever he wakes up or after a nap, how you doing? And so now anytime he sees anyone, he says, how you doing, which is <laughs> adorable. <laughs> so that's our little thing that we notice. Wow. He really picks up everything we're saying and how we're saying it. So we have to be careful to also not talk like sailors around here, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) there's it's just been a huge shift from when he was, you know, six months ago to now what he's able to do. And he does mix up his k's and t's he'll say okay okay," uh-huh. Uh-huh. and we play this game where i fall on the ground and he comes running over and like jumps on me and says mommy
1: you okay oh say, yeah
0: I'm, o- I'm okay i'm okay and i just think back to my teaching training where they just say keep repeating it back correctly don't be critical you know, yeah critical or reinforcing <laughs> we're having a lot of fun with that and then he's figuring out body parts he knows most of his body parts but he's been really confused between feet and toes so we will oh. say. How many Uh feet do you have? And he'll say five. And Uh so we're doing all these games and doing this little piggy and pointing out his toes. And so the other day he's playing blocks by himself and I hear him singing head, shoulders, knees and feet (laughs) (laughs) and touching his feet. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's so amazing that they... Can on their own. And then he started doing head, shoulders, knees, and mommy give cookie. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did he notice you listening
0: or something? Totally. I was like, what? I- the manipulation, negotiating with terrorists over here. What? How did you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm so, oh, well, no, but yay, I love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's just amazing to watch the wheels turning and to see, like you said, in a period of six months or even less, how their awareness of everything changes. I mean, once they are in on the conversation, which I feel like that's a huge shift from being one to two is when they're in on the conversation, when they are watching and they are understanding. And with our boys, we noticed that extend to this kind of ownership of our traditions and our routines. When they were your guys' age, they would notice if something was out of step or if we forgot to do something. Like I used to always try to think of one thing each day that they did that made me proud of them a way that they said something, a way they were patient with each other, a way they were kind to us or to each other or put something away, met an expectation, whatever. I mean, one moment from the whole day. And I would say, I noticed that. And it made me so proud of you because I thought it would help them to know that there are so many different things that make us proud of them. And we're not waiting for some big, shiny achievement, you know, in the end, that was my goal in the end. So, which I think we've met that goal. But anyway, one night I was super tired or forgot to say it. I gave them each their little pats on their back and I started to leave. And one of our little guys just said, proud of you, oh, which was so <laughs> cute. He's like, uh, we missed a step. Were you tell me that one great thing that you're thinking about? But I wanted it to be on their minds as they fell asleep, you know, because you can see kids swell with pride, even at two years old with knowing how pleased you are with them. And so I wanted that to be kind of the thought that was on their minds as they fell asleep every night.
0: Yeah, that's brilliant. My brother will come by once or twice a week to visit us and have some time with our little guy. And he adores his his uncle Tony and they were playing and running around and he gets so excited that he runs so fast and i just hear oh buddy okay buddy you're okay so i come around the corner and little guy had hit his head on the the door jam like he was trying to run through the door and hit his head he wasn't crying but my brother was consoling him and hugging him and then literally i took a video of it because he keeps recounting this and the way he says it is uncle tony here hit head hard real hard and so everyone who hears it is like, "What did Uncle Tony do? What? What Uncle Tony?" <laughs> and so, in the moment, my brother was like, "I did not." Do anything <laughs> like trying to claim his innocence, because this two-year-old is having this, you know, dramatic recount. He keeps going over to the door where it happened, and he'll put his head close to it and be like, like this, to kind of show you, like, I hit it like this. Uncle Tony is like very Aww. vague. The details are vague, but Uncle Tony was involved in the accident. So. <laughs> and then I always have to say, did he kiss it? Yeah, kiss it better. Okay. Kiss it better. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, clearing my brother's name.
1: <laughs> I love how he processes it that way. That is so healthy and good for him to be able to recount what happened. And it gives him control over it. First of all, it makes it in the past. Clearly it's over and done. I'm past it. I mean, he's kind of reconvincing himself of that. It's over. It's finished. It's done. And Uncle Tony piece, I think is great because he was a comfort and he was there and witnessed it. You know, he was the person who was his person in that moment. So. I love that. That's great. That's such a good coping strategy, really. Yeah. And he still will ask for
0: my brother and I'm still, you know, me, I'm continually reassuring my brother. He's like, it's cool. I'm like, okay, I just, if it was me, if like a kid kept repeating my name in association with an injury, I would want to know, does he still love me? Does he still ask for me? Like, you know, (laughs) so he will ask for Uncle Tony often. So we're trying to get a schedule where it's like every Wednesday, Uncle Tony comes over because he'll sometimes stand by the door and all the people he loves, he'll say, Uncle Tony coming, Nona coming you know, he'll just kind of like long for them. And I love that. That's been the gift of the pandemic is getting really close with a few people. I mean, it's a bummer that we haven't been able to expand that. Like I wish you and I could have spent more time together during all these months, but it really kind of focused in on a few people. And he just has this, he adores them and asks for them and talks about them all the time. And it's really sweet because he isn't on the conversation. I think that's an adjustment. I kind of have to tell my dad who has this big, loud presence Mm -hmm. that will be sitting at the table and little guys trying to say
1: something. And I think we're all used to him just kind of babbling. Right. Well, and it's, I think sometimes good practice to include kids heavily at the beginning of a meal because they aren't going to usually last for the duration that adults are comfortable sitting around the table and talking and catching up because that holds our attention. So I think sometimes you can kind of front load the attention that they get and then they wrap up their eating and they're down and playing and everybody else can have their time
0: that's so good to hear because i feel like there's a little pressure sometimes with some people who think he should be able to stay at the dinner
1: table the whole time Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what would you say, just for advice for all of us, what do you think is the a normal amount of time for a kid at a dinner table? 10,
1: 15 minutes? 10 to 15 minutes is exactly what I was going to say. Okay. It's just too high of an expectation for little kids to sit there for very long at all. So yeah, 10 to 15 minutes, I would say. I mean, think of how long that you and your spouse, if it's not some kind of a special dinner, usually sit and eat. Probably 15 to 20 minutes, maybe. I mean, it's not usually 30 minutes that you're at the table. Oh yeah,
0: totally it's just when you have people over who are just used to haven't been around kids very much recently oh yeah they have they have grown children so they're not in touch with what's typical and acceptable and so so once he eats you know we're really good about let's get his his food is his tray of food is like totally ready to go then we get all our stuff going we all sit down together and then yeah at the beginning it's a lot of talking what are you eating show us how is that crunchy take a bite is this cold is this hot we realized some things like that that have to be so explicit, like hot and cold. Touch mommy's glass. That's cold. There's mm-hmm. ice in there. Touch your noodles. Those are warm. We cook those. Having a lot of dialogue through the meal. And I think that kind of keeps it going too, because you're engaging. And then, yeah, you hit this wall where now he can unbutton his booster seat. He can unbutton it himself. Uh huh. So it's kind of like a man undoing his belt after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> he's like done. He's like, undoes it get down. I'm like, oh, okay, let's wipe you down. And then here yeah. you go. And you can sit right here and do your blocks while mommy and daddy finish eating. Oh. So
1: I was just going to say that I was going to recommend, especially at the family meals, if you want to increase table time, you could take the food away when his when he's done eating and everybody else is still chowing down and bring out a stack of books that he can flip at the table or a toy that can be tabletop if you want to try to keep them there. But I feel like you don't have to do that just because other people remember how old their kids were when their attention span was long enough to sit through an entire family meal. That's an hour easily for extended family on a holiday or celebration or some kind of get together.
0: Yeah, we did try markers. This was actually just last night. We had family over for dinner and we brought out his markers and he is so funny. (laughs) Opening markers is really hard. So he's stubborn, though, and he wants to keep trying. So his face turns bright red while he's trying to pull the marker open (laughs) and then you get it open and he's doodling on the paper slash table. Well, they're washable. We'll wipe it off. We weren't yeah. planned on throwing a plastic tablecloth down. We didn't plan that far ahead. It's just funny to see other people's reactions. And it's really hard to not become parenting
1: insecure. for the audience instead of parenting for the kid. Exactly.
0: I remember being at dinners every Sunday at my grandma's house. And I definitely recall us eating and then hopping down and playing Legos on the floor or something. I don't think we sat there. I feel like that's always been the case you know because I was trying to think were kids expected to just be that obedient before and people have forgot but I don't think so I think we all have the exact same routine just people forget
1: I think so too or we were at a kid's table and so they weren't even paying that much attention to what happened once we finished our meals you know that's true when I think back to our boys being two I remember that year being the era of containment ending so that's when we gave up cribs that's when we took down some of the baby gate are you guys on the cusp of that a a little bit?
0: We are. So with the no naps, our pediatrician who we love and has given us such great advice said it's okay if he's just playing around in the crib instead of sleeping it's still kind of rest time for him where he's just on his own he's you you've shared how important it is for them to recount their day or talk about what they learned or whatever it might be so that was always such a relief like okay I can get an hour of him happily chatting in there and maybe get a couple things done but now his leg is being thrown over the side of the mm-hmm. crib during this rest time. So of course, I'm just staring at the monitor intently trying to see what the next move is. And so we really don't want to give up the crib just yet because he's still sleeping great in there. And for the most part, like at night, he doesn't try to break out. So my husband had the genius idea of turning the crib around because the back is higher. It's maybe like a foot higher than the front. It kind of like looks like a sleigh bed, if you will. Oh, That's a great idea. Yeah. So we turned it around just yesterday and he still didn't take a nap, but at least I could do the the dishes or whatever while he was in there Mm -hmm. because he wasn't trying to jump out so that might have bought us another month some of that is becoming tricky and I would say we still have all of this for our steps we still have the baby gates up but he's really confident going up and down steps not that we want it to be where he can freely go up and down on his own but it is a relief to see him finally getting so confident and stable Mm -hmm. and balanced doing the steps because that is always a heart attack when they're just learning the steps and you're right behind them and you're like, oh, when is this (laughs) going to become a normal thing? So yeah, we are definitely getting to that point and hopefully we will manage it with some grace when we have to start taking all that stuff down. Mm -hmm.
1: It's hard in multiple ways. So when you think about taking the crib down, you think, okay, for sure we're not having naps now because he's not, you know, he's already in there just kind of chilling out, not sleeping. So you feel like you're worried about naps going, but then you're worried about the crib going and all that freedom of them being in the room. And you are losing that afternoon time, which is so precious to parents. You know, you're losing that afternoon time of, okay, he's contained. I have an hour here to not worry that he's not safe or to get some other things done that are on my list. Like you said, clean up the kitchen, do things like that. So
0: he's in the room that was built to be an office space. So there's built-in shelving. So... (laughs) he would be climbing those easily so we'll have to see maybe there's another spot in the house that he could have some chill space in so but he's been so funny one of the things that he's just started doing is he he's been looking in mirrors and has noticed his reflection for a long time but he just found out that he can see himself in our fireplace like glass doors (laughs) (laughs) and so you know as he pushes limits and wants you know he hasn't thrown a full-blown tantrum and we've talked about how we haven't gone out really so i have haven't had the what did you call it where they let their arms and they let their body just
1: oh when they noodle when they go boop they noodle <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> we're like trying their they put their arms straight up so you can't even pick them up you're trying to like pick they're sliding out of your hands <laughs> so we've had those <laughs> in the house for sure but when he wants something and i have to say no and it's so hard to say no in such a in a calm kind way you know when they're pushing your limits so this is not the time for a cookie this is the time for healthy snacks or whatever it might be he's crying and then he sees him himself crying in the fireplace. Oh, and then he's like, yeah. <laughs> mm. and then he's smiling at himself. And then he's looking over at me and he's like, I'm still crying though. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, I just saw you smiling in there. So it's really funny to watch how they're figuring out their moods. And so he's been hilarious. It's almost now if he's upset, he kind of works his way over there to see what do I look like when I'm crying? And then he makes himself laugh because he looks ridiculous when he's
1: oh, kind of just- fake crying. <laughs> That is so funny. And it's a great time to start teaching about emotions. You know, there's books that have real people's faces that show all these different emotions. And what we did when the boys were probably about that age, maybe closer to three, but I had a feelings poster like an elementary school counselor would have in their office that showed mm. way more feelings than just sad, happy, surprised, mad. You know, what they would normally, what you normally run through, but it had all these other different feelings, curious, nervous, you know, proud, things like that. And it had all these different faces faces. They were, it was the same face, just making every different emotion. And I had a local frame shop mounted on foam board. And we would just pull that out when they were playing sometimes to talk about different emotions, but definitely when they were really worked up about something and try to pinpoint, what are we really feeling? you know. And then later I had another one printed the same way that was, what's behind your anger? <laughs> and Ooh. all different things. <laughs> Again, with the faces, but we referenced those posters all the time. I just kept them under our bed. And they would even go get them when they were having an angry moment and needed to talk about where is this coming from? I mean, they would be two and three years old and go get it and be like, bring the poster over to me. And I'd say, oh my gosh, you're feeling angry. Let's talk about it. And it was just a tool. It was nice to have a tool, you know, and a way to point out and teach all these different emotions and feelings.
0: Well, you sent me a subscription to that highlights. It's awesome. And every month that you get a new one, there's a new topic. And one of them was that exact thing. So we had kind of given each kid names, just made up names. And Uh so sometimes he opens it and he's like... (sighs) Pete Mad. Oh. Pete Mad. <laughs> yeah, And then we do watch Sesame Street. That's been amazing. Even though they're puppets, it's kind of crazy. There's the character Gonger and Cookie Monster who have a food truck together, which I don't know if you've seen recent. Oh
1: my gosh. I did not know anything about the update of Cookie Monster having a food truck. That is hilarious.
0: Oh, you have to see it. It's so funny. And he has this little pink sidekick named Gonger because he hits a gong. So, you know, someone will call in and say, hey, Cookie Monster. I'm really hungry. I'm working on playing my guitar. Could you make me a snack? So then they cook something and there's always a missing ingredient. And they go visit the banana farm to see how they harvest bananas. It's really cool. Uh-huh. So one episode, Gonger gets so upset because Cookie Monster always eats the ingredient that they need. Oh, yeah. So my little guy keeps saying, Gonger upset. Gonger take hat off because he gets so oh. mad. He like throws <laughs> his apron and hat off. And so he'll sometimes say, mad like Gonger. <laughs> oh, just...
1: interesting. Yes! Yay! I am so and, proud of him for yeah. making that connection. That is so great. <laughs>
0: but he is totally in the egocentric stage because so your son played uh, many instruments and is amazing. And when he was here two years ago, he was playing the drums with my husband on keyboard. We have this cute 20 second video that I've showed him. And so he'll play the drums now, you know, hit them with the sticks. And he says he, he's gotten Better now of saying, you know, his name plays like, and then he'll say your son's name, which is amazing because previously wow. and still, if he sees a famous person playing drums, like if Alex Van Halen, we have a poster of all these musicians, he'll say things like plays like me, plays oh. like me. Like, he, he thinks all these people are playing like him because <laughs> he, he bangs on drums. So it's cute that he's putting, you know, we we keep re- repeating back. You play like them, you know, they came first. You didn't oh, teach that <laughs> so and It's just cute
1: how he'll say sings like me, guitar like me, drums like me. <laughs> it's not unlike us in the car with Cher, Celine Dion and whoever else we might be singing, you know. Really? Oh, it's true. Yeah. We (laughs) sing just like them. (laughs) Well, I think it's so fun to just track along with his development and kind of reflect back on the fun times we had with our guys when they were the same age. So there's a few more topics that we ran out of time for today, but I want to get into them in other episodes, like all the physical milestones. You mentioned climbing up those shelves. We have a lot of climbing stories, all kinds of physical milestones, like drinking out of a cup with no lid, learning to jump, things like that. And then I also want to get into deep dives, which he's kind of doing with music right now, with knowing the names of these musicians, knowing the instruments, wanting to play him. We had different topics that our boys went deep into, and I think it's such a healthy thing for kids and something that you can do a lot about to foster. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah.
0: You are such an amazing resource, and it's so fun to talk about this exciting stage. So thanks for recalling some fun stories of your guys, and we definitely need to do more episodes that go into more detail about these little guys of ours, for
1: sure. I love it. Well, you guys have a good rest of your weekend. You too. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Bye, Gina. Bye, Sarah.